Hey, this is Josh Banner with the Invitation Podcast. I'm very excited to share with you a conversation I recently had with my dear friend, the tender and warm-hearted, the kind and generous Brad Kilman. Yeah. Is this a good sound? Is this good sound? Is it God? That's going yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. That's going in there. <laughs> I'm using it. <laughs> the sound of Brad's nose. Oh, and some coffee drinking. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Must not have been very hot because you were swishing that coffee mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want no, you. No, it wasn't very hot. This is totally going on the podcast. <laughs> I'm totally putting it in. <laughs> All right. Now, it's no accident that my conversation with Joseph Bird had closed with Joseph helping us to consider the relationship between prey and play. Hopefully, you heard the playfulness in that conversation with him. And now, consider the playfulness in Brad Kilman, one of the most funny, the most playful people I know. Brad has taught me many things over the years. Brad's love for God is contagious. And Brad has also taught me to laugh at myself and how to not take myself so seriously. It's also no accident that these first two interviews for the Invitation podcast are with the dearest of my friends. I promise, I did not calculate any of this. It's really of the Spirit's leading that these two friends form a set of bookends of who I am and where I'm going, especially with the podcast. My sense is that if you are listening to the podcast, you're likely located somewhere in a spectrum between these two. On the one end, there is Brad, the evangelical-leaning Protestant, charismatic, prophetic worship leader, the psalmist, the singer of Scripture. And Joseph, on the other end, who, interestingly enough, is also a worship leader, but the spiritual director, the master teacher, the Lutheran Franciscan Friar Mystic. The Invitation podcast lies somewhere in the space of this broad spectrum between Brad and Joseph. Note, however, that if we look only on the surface, we'll only see Joseph in his friar's habit and Brad with an acoustic guitar hung over his shoulder. The deeper work of prayerful listening, which is the deeper work of love, The work here is to carefully integrate these two. On the surface, we can only see the differences in their spiritualities. But if we listen deeply, it will become obvious that they are more alike than they are different. These two men have been Jesus to me. I trust they can become Jesus to you. And so it's no accident that by the end of the conversation with Brad, we are considering the similarities between worship leading and spiritual direction. The common thread throughout the conversation is how we each follow the Spirit for ourselves and then for the sake of others. Some other topics Brad and I cover are the history of our friendship, songwriting, mentoring worship leaders, 
We discuss the influence of Charlie Hall and Don Chaffer, how they influenced us as young, growing musicians and artists. I ask Brad to discuss how he is able to be a husband, a father, a business leader, and a recording artist, all while remaining committed to a local church community. We talk about ego, the Enneagram, Taze, and about our first experiences in the recording studio. At the end of this conversation, you'll get to hear a sample of a song that he and I recorded together at a cabin. Also, stay tuned for some more updates on the podcast and what is ahead. I encourage you to listen to the spirit of my sharing with Brad. Love for God and love for each other is not learned through ideas. Love is caught rather than taught. And there is much love to catch on to and to learn through Brad and his music. And I pray that you will catch on to more of God's love as you listen. Amen. So I'm sitting here with my friend Brad Kilman. He flew in from Oklahoma City last night. And uh, we had the spontaneous idea last second to find a cabin somewhere in Michigan to get out and sit down and, and have a good conversation. And we are near Three Rivers, Michigan, and a little cabin called Songbird. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Songbird. And we, we got in, and Brad just lit a fire. So we wanted to be able to bring some of our friendship into this conversation about the invitation, because my whole history, um, really, my I would say the large part of my history of my walk with the Spirit of Christ has been in relation to to Brad. I think um, we met, uh, you were a camper mm-hmm. at Precept Bible Camp, mm-hmm. and I was a counselor even though we're just three months apart. <laughs> that Was that your senior year of high school? Yes, yep, senior year. Okay. It must have been 1993 or 94. Was I a good camp counselor? Oh man, maybe the best one I ever had. <laughs> you you were the counselor that was uh, a little bit maybe more friend than counselor, but still officially counselor. <laughs> so that strange mix of he's my friend, he's my authority. I <laughs> <laughs> feeling feeling a little a little awkward. Um, but you taught me. Let's see, you taught me a Beatles song on the guitar. Um, Beatles. Yeah. It was a Blackbird. Yes, Blackbird. Yeah, you taught me the the chord formation for that, and I've used that in a lot of songs. So <laughs> I've ripped that off in very many ways. Um, so those of you that are connected to my time at Hope College, and even still now uh, as Bruce Benedict is the worship leader with Campus Ministries there, um, sing a lot of Brad's songs. Uh, you Rain on High is probably the most well love song but you just told me he just told me that the first song he wrote was we are hungry how old were you when you wrote that um hmm i I mean it had to be near uh what 1998 so i was about 18 i think gosh yeah must must have been yeah it was right around then 
towards the end of college when I really first started to actually write songs down. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, that's a song that we sang at Hope, and it ended up on the Road to One Day, the Passion mm-hmm. CD, and then uh, Jesus Culture just recorded that. Mm-hmm. What's it been like to hear all these different versions of that song? Oh, man, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, it's definitely, it's been strange. It, it initially got recorded probably very different from how I envisioned it, but truthfully, I remember the first time I recorded it with Charlie and team and those guys, like it, it was always a strange thing to record it. So, but it's, it's been, I mean, on one hand, it's been just an incredible honor. I'm just amazed that people want to, and that people are recording it and that people are singing it. And, you know, it's just been, you know, I've kind of learned to shut off some of the critique. I always have weird critiques about how it gets recorded. And I always think maybe that's not how I would do it. But again, the pervasive feeling for me is just, wow, I can't believe people want to record it and that, and that yeah. people are singing it. You know, the yeah. most, the, the coolest thing for me is that people want to sing it or are singing it and as they gather as the church or as they gather in groups and they sing it to God together. And that's, yeah. that's been an honor. And of course, I, yeah. I'm 100% for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so you mentioned Charlie, which is mm-hmm. our friend Charlie Hall, mm-hmm. who is the worship leader at Bridgeway church in oklahoma city Mm -hmm. and uh he's the one who gathered several of us brad and i were just two of many young worship leaders Mm -hmm. that i wouldn't say charlie was so much a hands-on kind of coach trainer he he very much modeled um what a worship leader was and then basically gave us space yeah and uh, some of that space was leading and then, then these recordings yeah what was it like your experience being around charlie yeah, uh, I mean, I kind of joke about this. What this this really um, uh, illustrates what you just said because I remember the first time I ever led worship on my own in front of the church, which was a very daunting thing to me. I couldn't imagine doing that. It was a it was the Sunday. Charlie said, "Hey, why don't you come lead with me?" And I was like, "Okay," and I was real nervous. And he just didn't show up that morning. He was gone. <laughs> So he sort of sort of failed to tell me that I'm the leader that morning and he was out of town. So uh, so I laugh about that, but that, that really was he gave. He, he was the one who first gave me space and yeah. trusted me to lead people in, yeah. in worship at that, you know, at the congregational level. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of funny. Were you up there before that with your guitar unplugged? Like at one stage, because I know at one point he would just have people come up and like Will Lightfoot and just yeah. not, not have them in the system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I ever did the unplugged thing, but I I, I was kind of learning to play in the band yeah. and learning to play acoustic guitar, things yeah. like that, but but never actually leading a bunch of songs in front of everybody. Yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> well, um, so you, you wrote, your very first song you wrote ends up being the song that a lot of people record, but yeah. you've also made two records, mm-hmm. Clouds Are Forming and mm-hmm. uh, Trumpet. What was the second Mouths one? Like Trumpets. Mouths Like Trumpets. Yeah. Um, I know Clouds Are Forming because I actually helped produce yes, that record. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little partial to it, not that the second record is not also wonderful. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are interested, you still have your website set up. It's mm-hmm. bradkillman.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing for me, as I've been friends with Brad for a long time, 
is watching him discern his calling into worship. He has had, I would say, easily the largest influence on me and, and what I believe it means to stand up and sing in front of a group of people and, uh, and uh, to welcome them to the presence of God. And actually, I want to I wanna tell that story. I would say like the first time I realized that was uh, a Waterdeep uh, concert at UCO in Edmond, hmm. Oklahoma. And uh, Don would, Don Chaffer, who's the lead of Waterdeep, for those of you that don't know that band, would finish a lot of his concerts with worship. Mm-hmm. And I just remember this this contagious sense of worship. And we were dancing. Mm-hmm. And I haven't danced like that in a long time, but mm-hmm. we were maybe, what, 19... Mm-hmm. 20 mm-hmm. Um, college age and yeah uh, yeah, yeah I, I remember that I, of course I when I sometimes when I think back on who some of my mentors were what whether through instruction or just through model Don is Don Chaffer is one of the ones that I think about because I when I went to when I went away to college my freshman year I went to a place called William Jewell College, and I ended up, and that was near Kansas City, Missouri, and I ended up in Kansas City all the time because I found out about this guy, Don Chaffer's music, and I started geeking out on it all the time, and he would lead worship at this place called Church House of Westport, Mm -hmm. and it was like this hippie church place, but he would lead worship in a way that was so uh, unique to me. It, it, It was like... Um, and I, we may get into this down the down the road. I don't know when, but uh, there was this sense that he was just creating this space to be with God in the music, mm-hmm. and there was there was no. Um, uh, I just think it was it was it was awesome how he would just um, sing to God in front of people with kind of this lack of sense of even where the song might go or where we would end up. And I just remember that. I remember this expectant. Um, special sense of singing to God um, with those people at Church House of Westport as Don would lead. And mm-hmm. and that, I, I noticed mm-hmm. at the end of his concerts, he would do that same kind of thing where it was just this really uh, compelling, inviting, you know, moments. Yeah, that, and I would say, um, for again, anyone who's listening into this, uh, we, we were talking with Joseph Bird last week about the relationship between structure and flow in prayer and in worship, and that uh, prayer and our approach to God really does need both of those things. But and when I think about it, when it comes to worship leading, I think there tend to be more worship leaders as liturgists who are focusing on the structure, mm-hmm. and then some traditions and, and worship services, some denominations are more interested in flow. Mm-hmm. So I, I also mentioned last week that I have this charismatic formation, which Brad has had a big role in, in the sense of when he talks about the presence and what he was seeing in Don, um, not thinking about what's specifically happening in the movement of worship, what was behind or what's ahead, but what's happening now. Mm-hmm. What is the Spirit doing now? Where did mm-hmm. you begin thinking about so, so Don was an influence in that, but how did yeah. you, what other kind of influences had you? Um, I, th- I think 
when I think about that, when I think, how, how did that, like, how do I have words for that? Or how did that start, you know, how did I even start thinking about that at all? I, I think that really my only, and this is something that I always default to when I start talking to people about leading worship in front of people or helping lead God's people in song and music and praise and worship. The, the, the thing that I think about is um, the time that I've spent by myself in my home, in my apartment, in my house, wherever it is, mm-hmm. alone with God and my guitar. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's just where I go back to. It's, it, you know, I, I, there's also, you know, the other thought that comes into my mind is how sometimes it can be a negative thing if you just are up in front of people doing your own thing and everybody's disconnected from you. And that's right. clearly not a good thing. I'm not talking about that, but sure. I am talking about like, it has become extremely important to me to know that I'm just more worshiping God in front of people and with people. Mm-hmm. And, and so and so I can just do that in the way that I do that naturally when I'm with God in a room by myself. Mm. One of the main ways that I enjoy mm. being with God is in not having a song in front of me and just playing chords mm-hmm. and just open my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just try to sing. And, I, and I, you know, I do that a lot on my own where I don't necessarily know uh, where my heart or prayer is going to take me. Mm. But I know I feel very strongly that that's a a way that I should spend time with God, and that's not. I don't even say that as you should spend time with God that way, or this other people should do this. But I am, for some reason, strangely compelled to do that Mm -hmm. personally with God, Mm -hmm. and and also compelled to do that in front of God's people. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting road, but at the same time, at the core of it, I think is this seeds of my own journey with God yeah. of intimacy, prayer, fellowship, worship, adoration that, that I just transplant. If yeah. I'm, I, I have to take that on some, in some level, yeah. um, when I'm with his people yeah. or with people and desiring for them to go with me. Yeah. I think that's what I personally ache for when I think of anyone doing anything in the church is is a sense that this person has had a clear connection with the person of God that is abundant and rich. They have a world with the Spirit. And then what do we do is we then try to take others along that ride mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and, and introduce them into the reality of what we've tasted and seen mm-hmm. with the person of Christ. And then all leadership is is standing up in front of a group of others and saying, hey, do you, do you taste and see? Do you have a sense of the God space in which I dwell? And I think that you have been, for me, the uh, consummate worship leader that does that um, without, uh, without guile. Hmm. Um, you, had, you had been talking about the simplicity of worship. Can you talk a little bit more about how you understand how worship is a simple thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, as you talk about that, you know what 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 comes up in me is just is just memories of um, uh, of the of the many times that I've stood up in front of groups of people to 
um, to to sing to to try to have this moment of hey let's let's come to God together let's pray let's worship and, and quickly my heart and spirit feel so naked in, in the sense that I I only have my at this at this moment I have my own affection and my own prayer for the Lord and if that is not true and not good and not uh, honest before Him then I and I really realize I have nothing to give uh, other than that I have a set of physical gifts to give them. I have, oh, oh, a nice voice. Oh, I technically am proficient enough at the guitar to cause people to, you know, to play well enough that people can, can join with me. And that just, that's a very terrifying and empty thing. And I think, um, um, I I just remember, um, it, it's so important to me that I, that I know that I, I come to God in prayer. I come to God in song and, um, that's all I have at that moment is some true worship, some true praise to give. And I think that's what is either compelling or not for people to join me and do that with me. Mm-hmm. And that in its essence is a very simple thing. That's the, the you know, if you, um, I'm thinking right now about a psalm that my, my wife and I have been talking about together. And she's mm-hmm. so amazing how she stirs my heart. Um, through she's constantly reading and meditating on scripture and and, and and interacting with God through the scriptures in a way that's so challenging to me but so helpful mm. and uh, I'm thinking about one that recently she was reading I think it's Psalm 46 and it's just one of the sing sing a new song it's, it's that sim- simple message from the psalm the psalms to me that I realize you know um, the need for my heart my spirit my mind to sing to God mm-hmm. and um that's very simple that mm-hmm. that's outside of which song that's outside of uh, fast song slow song new song catchy song mm-hmm. old song tried and true hymn song you know mm-hmm. all the decisions that we have mm-hmm. there's this underlying compelling need to sing mm-hmm. like we're commanded to uh, uh, invited to mm-hmm. and and so I think part of every time that I stand up to try to help God sing, help help God's people sing to Him, mm-hmm. um, that's what I'm tapping into. Is just the simplicity of it's good that my heart sings, it's good that my mind and my spirit sings to God. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to, I need to. Yeah, and that that reminds me of what I've been talking with you about all day. Um, that. The more I do spiritual direction, the more I try to help others pray, the simpler the question is. That's the whole spirit of the invitation podcast, Mm -hmm. that the spirit is always inviting us into more relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And the simplicity of it is, are you open to God or are you closed? Mm -hmm. And so as you're saying, yeah, with the worship um, kind of baggage, of course we want to be thoughtful we want to be careful of how we plan a service. But underneath that is this simple openness. Mm. Um, again, not fast song, not sophisticated song, not the more textually correct song. But are we open to God in this? Mm-hmm. And are, are these things helping others open to God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. Uh, I mean, of, of, of course, in my mind, I, I, I want to sing things that are true and things that are right and all those things. But I, I've, I've found I can get so mired in those details that I can it can shut down that part of me that then is truly open and seeking and praising and, and worshiping God. So it's at, at its core, there is that like 
I'm, I'm a spirit. I'm in awe of him. Am I adoring him? Am I beholding him in a way that is um, taking my rightful place as created being to stand in awe of this amazing God? And um, that's what I see my role. I mean, as, as worship leader, as praise and worship leader, whatever it's called, that's what I see my role is, is to behold him with people. In a way that helps them behold him. I don't understand that part. <laughs> right. Right. Because we're actually attempting to believe that we are with him right. and that we really are seeing him. Right. We're not just going through some sort of motions. Right. I've, I've, I've thought about this and used it in a sermon recently that what if people who are visiting our services would actually be somewhat confused? They'd be looking around the room thinking, man, it seems like these people actually believe they're speaking and engaging mm-hmm. a divine being. Mm-hmm. The way they're singing, mm-hmm. the way they're, they're saying their prayers, the way their bodies are moving. Mm-hmm. They actually, like, the, the visitors are scratching their heads saying, man, these people are kind of strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because we really believe it's a simple thing. We're with God. We're in His presence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I think about my, my personal journey, you know, I, I, th- I think that I, I, I do, there are some experiences in my past where I remember getting together with some friends, uh, some old friends from high school. It was kind of in the college years. Mm-hmm. And I remember we just had a growing hunger to meet to meet God and to pray. And, and it wasn't, there was no leader. It wasn't a youth group. These were, these were some friends from all kinds of places, mm-hmm. but we would get together out on my buddy's ranch and we would just get together in his parents' room and in the, in the family room there. And we would just turn out the lights and start singing to God. And it was, mm-hmm. I mean, by any stretch, it was a strange occurrence. I mean, these high school dudes shouldn't necessarily just want to do this. We, we had nobody modeled it for us. Nobody said, you guys should go do this. We just had a hunger to, we, we had, we had met God. We were, we were excited about, uh, we, we, you know, our hearts were just changed. There was something about, um, uh, um, what God was doing with us, but we learned that it was very, um, we were just compelled to sing to him together. And, it, and we would have these these moments where we would um, do that affectionately and 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 sing and and I mean literally hours would go by we could just continue to sing to the Lord and um, I can't even remember what what made me think of that story just now but just understanding that the simplicity is going after the real presence yeah. of God and yeah high school kids uh, God is as alive in teenagers and grade school kids wooing their hearts beckoning them in to know that it's a real thing and Mm -hmm. that it's when we become adults that we become too sophisticated and Mm -hmm. which actually is a good segue into pointing out um for those of the that don't know brad is a worship um pastor at a church but it's a part-time capacity mm-hmm. how many hours a week is that uh technically like 10 okay yeah so it's just 10 hours a week but um you oversee that cultivate that worship space mm-hmm. but your real job is you're the coo 
mm-hmm. of a small company. Mm-hmm. And do you want to just explain a little bit about what your company is and what you do with that? Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, it's a company called Blue Source, and we—I've uh, been there 14 years now. Um, just kind of strangely landed in in the business world. Uh, I kind of had a my degree originally was in uh, management information systems, so it was kind of computers business, and I ended up. Um, with this company and, and met the, met the, uh, owner of this company and I've just hit it off with him and really just kind of ended up helping shape, um, the culture and, and kind of help form this business over the last 14 years. So it's just, I've just kind of stumbled into it and stayed there, but we, we're a company that helps. We, we do like school supply kits, backpacks. We, we kind of sell, uh, uh, school supplies and school supply items and backpacks and to nonprofit to non the, yeah. uh, basically in, anybody any charitably minded individual corporation nonprofit organization who is trying to get a lot of school supplies to help um, under resourced communities that's who we target so so I've got an awesome team of people and we're just we're trying to create a successful thriving business that's growing and competing and it's super fun. Mm-hmm. So as we sit here, I'm thinking of uh, these college students that I've worked with and even graduates of Hope College um, that have a deep passion for worship, for worship leading or are just Mm -hmm. very committed worshipers. Mm -hmm. And we think about how to cultivate this simple, pure devotion of the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And then we think, oh, well, Brad's running a small company? (laughs) And and by the way, he also has five kids. <laughs> oh dear! Yes, <laughs> a fourteen-year-old all the way down to a two-year-old, mm-hmm. and and so he's still writing music. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a while since you put a record out, but you're still writing, you know, music. Yeah. And you're leading worship, and so a lot of college students would or younger worshipers, we think of this as this either or. Mm -hmm. But we've been talking today, you still wrestle with, Mm -hmm. God, how does this fit into Mm -hmm. my life? Can Mm -hmm. you explain a little bit about how you still feel tensions of vocation? Yeah, I mean, all all throughout the time, uh, you know, since since I started kind of leading worship after college and, and... and always very strongly resonating that it's it is a life calling. I mean, there's there's no doubt. I feel strongly called to do that. Great. I feel I feel alive when I do it. I feel uh, like it's one of the most purposeful and rewarding and fruitful things. There's no doubt. Like that's that's how it makes me feel. Yet yet I've I've at the same time. I've had various opportunities along the way to maybe cross over and decide, oh, I want to travel. I'm going to start doing more conferences. I'm going to do this. And uh, but there's also, I think there's parts about the way God's made me that I've listened to that those kinds of ways of living have I've been able to discern are not wise for me. Mm-hmm. You know, especially the the for me personally the lots of travel, the, you know, choosing not to be planted and rooted in a community. I've, I've kind of decided early on, I want to be planted and rooted and I want to be known and I want to know. And, and so I, I chose against the traveling things, you know, when those would pop up and then, and then I mean, Don Chaffer asked you to yeah. play bass with the band. Two, that two, we all... two different times he invited me to join my favorite band. Right. And, and you were getting married. The... Yeah. 
first or second time? And yeah, the first time, thank God, he took the uh, got uh, <laughs> he retracted the offer <laughs> because his the uh, his good friend accepted the offer anyway. So, and then the second time, it was a standing offer, and I was about to get married, and I decided it wasn't right, right, and uh, just right. didn't do it, and I could not believe right. because it was a dream come true, but, right? Yeah. But I knew that was kind of one of those, you know, discernment through my community, through my family, mm-hmm. through my own heart and mind. Mm-hmm. I just knew yeah. that that it wasn't it wasn't what God was offering to me at the time, even right. though it was, yeah, and it there was, was a, a tough one. And there was a pain and deciding against that. There's yeah. a sacrifice. Yeah, and and that's the hard thing is that I think especially, and I don't mean to be patronizing to the so-called millennials, mm-hmm. but they're they're growing up in the age of so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. And they think they're going to do everything. And so as you mature listening to this, and I love hearing you say you're definitely fundamentally called to be a worship leader. Mm -hmm. But the question is, what does that look like in actual practice? And and am I on the road? Or am I full-time at a church? Mm -hmm. How do I then find my significance? Mm -hmm. And the thing, what I hear you saying is it's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's about how I'm loving my wife. Mm-hmm. It's how I'm loving this place. Mm-hmm. It's how I'm loving these people. Mm-hmm. And I've watched that integrity in your life, and it's been, it's been a rock for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Those those things are. I mean, I, and I still. It's like you said. It's a, it continues to be a journey. I mean, I there are moments whenever I'm you know, in in business or in my day today that sometimes I start to question: Am I spending my time in the most fruitful possible way? Uh, the way that God's designed me, the way that um, I believe my time spent here and in, in my life on the earth is it you know we all you know have an ache inside especially once we know the Lord and 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 understand our part in creation and that we're here to to love God and to know him and and to make him known that so I um, we have this tension now. Well, now that we know Jesus, now that we know Him, what what does that mean for our life? What do we do now? You know, and 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 there's it's been a long road for me. Of He kind of redeems the still the kind of what what you know you might think as unspiritual work. You know, it all. You know, I, I think I had an early uh, a few teachers or two who really helped our community to understand how deeply spiritual every piece of life is mm-hmm. you know so kind of debunk that myth that everybody's mm-hmm. got to go off into full-time so mm-hmm. ministry in order to do the most spiritual thing mm-hmm. and so that kind of got debunked early on with me and i saw the wisdom and the goodness and the rightness of mm-hmm. that and i think that's helped me as i've navigated because i'm called to do this and because i, I should you know I, I believe god will give me much opportunity to do this mm-hmm. and i that there's been a deep sense of faith in me about mm-hmm. that like i just I've realized I don't have to fight for my way to share this gift. And and there's been also a rest and a trust in me that God, if he intends me to use this for his glory and for his church and for his people, he'll give me a plethora. <laughs> a plethora. I can't believe I just said plethora. <laughs> I don't know when the last time I used that word was. <laughs> plethora. Is that three amigos? A plethora. That three Would you amigos? say you have a plethora? Yes, that's three amigos. <laughs> Um, just that I, I just a, a real sweet sense that I don't have to fight for my place to do it. He'll yeah. give me opportunities, and and that's um, that's 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 been true. But it has been something that I continue to revisit. You know, as I'm 
if I get, you know, restless. And I think that's just part of life with God. You know, yeah. I'm not even saying I will never do that full time. I'm mm-hmm. just saying so far my discernment has been sure. um, that is um, where God has led me mm-hmm. through all the different ways that he gives us to try to discern what that is. But but I'm more involved in it now than ever because of various circumstances in my life. I'm mm-hmm. leading more uh, in the church that I'm in right now and, and, and enjoying it. And, mm. Yeah. And and so Brad got in last night, and we stayed up till two. <laughs> we haven't seen each other for two years, and uh, and then just talking all day uh, together. And the thing I want, I just I love being able to do this, as it were, in front of a, a community of people, and and to make it public. Like how much I respect these people that I'm bringing behind the mics to talk. Um, and what I would, what I said to him earlier is there's a sacredness and there's a holiness to the way that he's chosen to love his people and to love God through song this way. Um, because I, I think our culture confuses the idea that if you pick up a guitar and you get a microphone and you stand on a stage that that are that therefore uh, that means that you're something extra special mm-hmm. that people need to celebrate and point at mm-hmm. and the stage has a way of destroying lots of people mm-hmm. in our culture and so if the church is going to be um, full of worship we're going to have a lot of people writing music and doing this and it's not because they're rock stars and it needs to come alongside their larger sense of their 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 whole identity and doesn't need to swallow them like when i wrote my first record i didn't know why i was doing it and i just felt like i needed to complete a creative project and just because you make a record doesn't mean you want to be bono or mm-hmm. whatever you're yeah have you struggled with those questions about being the guy up there being the extra special guy, the guy who's really spiritual. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I can sometimes f- feel that. I mean, in, in, in my own, like when, if, if I get, um, um, you know, I, I, you can tell in your own heart, I can tell in my own heart when, I, I cross over into some of those negative ways of thinking about it, you know, mm-hmm. or putting pressure on myself that it's got to be one way or another. And again, and again, I think some of that comes back to what we were talking about earlier, losing sight of the simplicity of what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I uh, one of the things that helps me there, and, I, and this, this, this may go back into things that we've already talked about, but I remember this. So through the course of business, um, I was in a, uh, we, we did a retreat, kind of a, a retreat one time where we were doing some, uh, leadership course stuff. And, and I was in this course with these other business leaders and it was, ex- it turned out to be extremely helpful for, for me personally. But one of the exercises that we did as part of this leadership course was we did, uh, at that, at that time, uh, NPR, uh, national public radio was doing this series called this, I believe. Yeah. And there are these statements, you know, where you'd hear different leaders, you know, say, and, and they kind of try to boil down. It's almost like a, I don't know if it's a life mission statement or vision statement in some way. It's kind of like some core belief about, you know, some of them were one, some of them were many, but we tried to figure out, you know, well, what's one core mm-hmm. 
thing that you believe in. And man, I mean, I started doing that and everybody was kind of doing it in relation to business. And the only thing I could, I mean, the, the compelling thing for me, if I was honestly going to do that was like what came out was I, um, this, I believe I was made to sing to God. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like it was a very simple, and I think that is a, uh, mission statement for me. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, just a core truth about my life. Mm-hmm. And I know that's right. And that is, that is whether I am in the woods by myself. That is whether I am in the car by myself. That's whether I'm in a small group of people. That's whether I'm at church on a Sunday morning or with you over the weekend or it, you know, it, that rings true for me almost no matter where I am. I know that it's good and right for me to sing. And so that's that simplicity thing again, but it, that cuts through the falseness or the, the weird, uh, I'm the, I'm special. I'm the guy. So no, it's just, I'm just doing what I'm mm-hmm. made to do. Right. I'm just becoming one with, uh, with a calling with a, mm-hmm. um, and then that lets me shed all the other stuff mm-hmm. that pops up in my mind, you know, the false. Mm-hmm. So many people have that purpose who aren't going to stand in front of people and right. sing. So I'm not saying that, but I can't help but think about this statement. It's the classic, uh, um, uh, chariots of fire statement that yep. that guy makes, you know, yeah. it's like feeling pleasure when he runs, you know, he right. knows he feels right. God's pleasure when he runs, right. you know, right. that's so true right. about this. And again, that gets me back to, that's a good right. and right thing. And, right. and I don't, I'm not, um, it's just not about me. Right. And, uh, if, uh, you have a chance to listen to my conversation with Joseph that mm-hmm. we posted, um, we ended up talking a lot about desire. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the hardest, I think, part of discipleship, of understanding that so you've heard who you really are, Mm -hmm. and you've stuck to that to say no to Don Schaffer, Mm -hmm. to say yes to Bethany, (laughs) his wife, and then to these babies, and to this place where you live, Mm -hmm. and you've had a desire Mm -hmm. that allowed you to feel the pleasure of God. So Mm -hmm. that little, it sounds cheesy, but often Mm -hmm. those things that are the most true, mm-hmm. they feel cheesy because we run past them and we don't really stop to really understand what they mean. Mm-hmm. Why did, is Eric Little, right? Mm-hmm. Why did mm-hmm. he feel the pre- pleasures of God? Because he found his sacred, holy self. Mm-hmm. And uh, that f- has freed you. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean it's been easy all these years. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you've questioned it. But that's freed you to be faithful with integrity. Mm. And and the, the thing that's interesting is that that's a desire that's mm-hmm. been placed inside of you mm-hmm. that, that that's holy. So the Spirit has said, have this appetite for your gifts and for your relationships and for your work. Mm-hmm. And so it makes a kind of sense for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. so that you just keep going in that direction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so there is a sense of God speaking to you and leading you, um, so it's pretty pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. How does that sound to you? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, I, I'm just kind of having that experience of it's just helpful to. Uh, yeah, I know we were kind of joking before, and these these things terrify me, you know. And, and I, when I start thinking about, you know, because I think that whole idea of preparing things to say or you know, <laughs> over crafting something is terrifying to me because I ultimately, I just have trouble with script. I have trouble with those things. And, um, but even in the act of having this conversation and, and 
and, and talking about these things. It's yeah. just helpful to listen back to even yeah. you yeah. Uh, kind of either re-describe or give new words to something. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's just a sweet, yeah. I'm just having, um, it's just a sweet moment of reflection. Well, that's that's yeah. what we've been saying and we've been doing to with each other for years. And mm-hmm. I think that's what is uh, good friendships that we would go from camp counselor mm-hmm. to camper mm-hmm. to learning uh, some Beatles riffs um, <laughs> to growing up with Charlie Hall and making records, the first records, and to having kids and families and, and then being able to look back and speak to each other over the years of mm-hmm. what, what I see in you, what you see in me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was saying to Brad earlier that he was very helpful for me to discern my um, my movement from worship ministry into spiritual direction. And as I described to, to Brad a couple of years ago, probably six, seven years ago, right around the time I met Joseph Bird, mm-hmm. um, what spiritual direction is, how it works, and you and Josh Bottom, we said, well, I think you've, I think you've been doing <laughs> that. For, and so you've said, said it to me, and so... yeah. And so I think that's the other thing that I want to make um, public and, and seen and heard about these journeys, these long, the long faithfulness of God to bring people into your life that continue to help you conceive more of God. And it's a spiritual friendship. I would say that Brad is, and, and along with his brother-in-law, Josh Bottomley, are the, the three spiritual friends that have gone way back and uh, been a mm-hmm. gift of the spirit we don't have these kinds of relationships with everyone mm-hmm. we can't uh, mm-hmm. we don't have enough space and energy mm-hmm. so um, what one thing that might be helpful for, for people um, is to get a little practical and so your mode the ironic thing is I don't um, pick up my guitar that much anymore mm-hmm. personally I want to I think mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. um, my mode of prayer right now is silence mm-hmm. um, I just turn everything off and empty myself mm-hmm. but for many years and you still experience a lot of God through the guitar mm-hmm. so can you explain mm-hmm. or describe mm-hmm. without going to because your prayer life is a secret in many ways that we don't want to mm-hmm. um, I don't want to prostitute your inner life with God. That's not what, but to be practical with yeah. people and encourage them to think about what could playing an instrument and singing to God be yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that, um, it, it is definitely still a, a part of my, um, uh, of my prayer life and my, and my, and my, intimate moments with God and my, um, uh, alone space with him, you know, there's no, there's no doubt my, I, I still, um, love to reach for the guitar. Now, now I will say like, I'm in a, a unique season right now. I've got two year old, five year old, uh, boys and then eight, 10 year old girls and a 14 year old son, Jack. Um, so, so my quiet moments, my quiet alone moments at home, which is the most natural place where my guitar sits and where I sit, you know, I, it, it has been, um, you know, those moments are different in this immediate season and they're fewer and farther between than they used to be. Mm-hmm. I still have a longing desire, but what I fight right now is that sense of, um, dread at how much work it's going to take to mm-hmm. try to get and keep this moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
And so, so, so the longings and the desires are still there. Um, they, they don't happen as often, but they still happen. And yeah, so, so back to your question, I I think how, how that, what that feels like or what that is for me is I think I'm just looking for space to just, uh, you know, I, I think that the scripture that I shared earlier was Psalm 46. It actually is, I think I remember it's 96 and it's the first line. It's just that sing a new song to the Lord. And, and I think that that's a repetitive, simple truth that just comes up in my heart that I want to do. And it helps me to be honest to him when I sing a new song. And, and that to me just looks like I just roll through some chords and, and usually it's quietness and just guitar for quite a while. You know, usually I just start playing a guitar and try to, um, just be quiet and until until I want to open my mouth and say something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it is just kind of a meditative, mm-hmm. quiet playing. But sometimes and very often I, I do just begin to say a simple phrase. But usually mm-hmm. it is very simple. I I used to always you know after a while of realizing that songs were birthed that way, mm-hmm. I, I realized that songs happen this mm-hmm. way. I kind of started uh, almost prostituting that moment to look for songs. You know, it's like, well, I want to get new songs. And so I know it. (laughs) But uh, and then, you know, I realized these moments don't seem very intimate or genuine or true. And I realized I'm just like searching for the next thing. And so um, so I think the 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 innocence and the goodness and the sweetness of those moments ebbs and flows with my own heart sure. with my own affections with my own lack of affections you know but uh, I I return to it mm-hmm. often and I and I, I can't imagine not wanting to go there not wanting to go there in some way and sometimes it's piano sometimes it's something musical and it doesn't always have to be a musical instrument sometimes I experiment with just you know, singing out to God just with my voice, you know, and, and, uh, 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 but, but I, I think, I, I think part of it is it's hard for me to fake singing. It feels foolish if you don't really mean it. It feels, it feels like, um, it it won't, it just doesn't last very long if you don't mean it to a certain degree. And I'm not, and so that's why I'm not saying I have to do it every sure. time, but but it is why I try to return there, and that's and I try to go there mm-hmm. as often as I can, um, and it it exposes my heart, it exposes the reality of where I am, and uh, uh, but 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 there's also the truth of sometimes I don't know I have affection until I open my mouth, yeah. and then I find it, yeah. which is a strange thing, you know. It's it's almost like that obedience to praise. Yeah even out loud with your mouth when you don't feel it and then the affection is rushes in. Mm, yeah. And it's not it's not feigned affection, it's real. Right. And and it, it wasn't known mm-hmm. until I opened my mouth. Right. Right. And so and so even as I talk right now I'm realizing there is this strange obedience that I'm compelled mm-hmm. to sing. I'm mm-hmm. compelled to open my mouth mm-hmm. out of obedience, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of uh, the emotion or the feeling or the season or the circumstance. The classic uh, line, it's a liturgical phrase, it's out of the Psalms, uh, I think it's Psalm 51, O Lord, open my lips, hmm. and my mouth will declare your praise. That's hmm. the uh, basically a call to worship. Hmm. Hmm. And and so what you're describing, you know, whether it's a high church, that would be a phrase that would be used uh, 
an Eastern Orthodox liturgy. That's where I, I learned it, um, and it's part of my morning prayer. Mm. Oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make mm. haste, O oh God, to deliver me. Mm. Make haste to help me. Home. So I, I mm. have these phrases, but it's the same spirit. <laughs> it's the same Jesus, mm. whether it's several hundred years old. Mm. And then what you're saying, I'm just asking God, I'm, I'm opening out of obedience. And that's that's the spirit of the liturgy, mm. Um, mm. to mm. do this work. Liturgy means liturgia is the work of the people, mm. and so there is this obedience where we just we do this, wagering that the spirit is going to be inclined to interact with us. Mm. Mm. So, um, so um so what I hear you saying is so you're reading some scripture maybe mm-hmm. or you're mm-hmm. you're uh, with the guitar um or you're just singing and what you're doing is you're you're listening for more of God mm-hmm. in all these activities. Mm-hmm. So you might be okay this, I'm reading a lot of scripture but what's the real and then how do these things come together maybe in a way that might eventually be a song but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter at this point. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, um, so I, s- sometimes something that happens is I realize I'm, I'm out of word, like I don't, the words aren't coming, like I, I'm, there's not a concept in my mind. I want to open my mouth, but I literally don't know what to say, and that's when I realize I'm a little bit dry, on the, uh, uh, the I'm not kind of ruminating on scripture in my own spirit and mind and heart, and so that, that's central to my even being able to do that, and, and you, if you know. If you know me and you know my songs, they tend to be very simple lyrically and very simple, and and usually they're inspired by some piece of scripture. And and then and then in the second record, especially, it's often you know just chunks of scripture with a little bit of other stuff mixed in. And mm-hmm. and it is that that it's kind of important to me. I think that's become a new way I love to sing is is keep it really close to scripture, and that's for some reason some of the most helpful stuff to mm-hmm. me. That keeps my mind out of all the reasons why that thing I'm saying may or not, may not be helpful or good or right or true or misconstrued. And so there's something about my heart and mind loving to just to sing scripture. So and also the way that I'm made, I know that my natural bent with the scriptures is to focus on small bits and in a meditative mm-hmm. uh, repetitive fashion you know mm-hmm. and so clearly the psalms are, are wonderful for that uh, for me and so I'll often you know just just begin reading through a couple of sentences mm-hmm. of, of scripture and that that's kind of a launch point for me to, to open my mouth and start singing too because I realize I don't know if it's just that I'm so simple-minded of a person i don't have a lot going on in my mind all the time i have a lot of complex ideas and i just i realize there's nothing and i need to i need to feast on something i need to eat something yeah you know it's kind of what it feels like and and i've, I've said to you those are my favorite of your songs uh um i want to be close keep me safe oh god hmm. um have mercy on me hmm. they're these very simple songs that are almost like like song cycles and I was telling you earlier mm-hmm. about the Teze worship in France, which are very simple structures. Um, my favorite uh, Teze right now is actually the language from Teresa Avila. Um, Let nothing trouble you or frighten you For the one who has God lacks nothing Let nothing trouble you or frighten you 
God alone, God alone, God alone is enough. Mm. Saying the phrases and stretch them out, just just repeating that, mm. letting it wash over your heart and mind. Mm. And I think your songs keep me safe, oh God, you are my son. Here I'm singing your song. Um, <laughs> Sounds great. You're doing um, way better. My shield, you know, just those. Um, you are the saving one is the song I put. You know. Uh, I want to write songs like that if I continue to write music. And so I think that's the encouragement. So for people that aren't writing music, mm-hmm. there's a musicality in the Psalms themselves and in all language. Mm-hmm. And the um, church fathers and mothers would uh, call these short prayers, being able to meditate on passages mm-hmm. of scriptures or of spiritual writings and just to take a small phrase that is your daily bread mm. and to hold that and to repeat it over and over and mm-hmm. over and uh, and to draw near to it and i think that's the the gift of of music is that it allows us to especially draw near to the truth and the reality to sit with it mm-hmm. and i think your songs do that mm. um, exceptionally well mm. um so um yeah i'm reminded of uh when I think of you as a songwriter, I think of this one college retreat we led. I can't remember the name of the campground we used to go to down south of oh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Near it, was it Turner Falls? Yeah, what, Turner Falls. Yeah. yeah, right around there. Yeah, I can't remember what we and called I, it. But. We had like the afternoon off, and I remember knowing you went downstairs mm-hmm. to sing at like whatever right after lunch, mm-hmm. and then. It was four o'clock, and I came, and I could still hear you down there. And so just knowing that you've cultivated, and it's not to put you on some sort of super spiritual pedestal. Mm-hmm. It's just part of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we all would ache for is just kind of a normal dependency. And for you, it's this gift of song. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that that's a – I remember that. I, I remember that uh, – that place, and I remember the downstairs. Even yeah. as you bring that up, yeah, yeah that is, uh, those were those were special retreats. Yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many, so many memories. I just want to recount and let people know. Uh, then there's the like the late night worship and prayers, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd have three different movements mm-hmm. of worship. We'd would we start at ten. Yeah, eight or yeah, probably. I don't know if it was what nine to twelve or eight to eleven. I can't remember, yeah. but it was three solid hours. <laughs> three solid hours, and we'd have three different worship leaders yeah. that would lead. And I always got stuck yeah. in the middle, or maybe maybe forty five minutes. I can't remember. God, I'm thinking back now. Did each person go for an hour? <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't remember really. And you would always get to either open or close. <laughs> And I would always get, I would always get the middle set, the meditative set, right? Like the long stretch, you right. know, Like let's just let them dial in. I was like, I can get them, I can call them in, can, and we close with like lots of celebration and like dancing again. Or right. you were, and I was so envious. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> you know, that that kind of brings up, you know, part of part of my heritage, heritage or part of my. Uh, kind of the place where we learned mm-hmm. to worship it, it was I feel like there were a lot of these moments where 
it it felt like we were given these gifts where God did strangely. And this, I don't know if you want to get into this on on in, in this interview or not, but yeah. it, it did. It felt like you know we had these really sweet experiences yeah. where God was drawing near yeah. in tangible ways that it was impossible to explain, yeah. but you could just experience yeah. as part of the community. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it was, it was a training ground yeah. of, uh, but it also gave me such an appetite to just, um, it, it just, it just gave me a, more of an appetite to realize that this, this God that I, I'm coming to, I'm learning about, I'm learning about, I'm submitting to, I'm realizing I'm called to, I'm his creation. I, I love him. He's mysterious. He's w- more wonderful than words. And it was like we were tasting of something that was, yeah. it, it, there's, it's just really no words, yeah. but, but it, it just is an appetite, created this appetite and this expectation and this desire that I would continue to be able to meet with God in this way in the earth. Yeah. And I've realized since then I'm not in control of that. Yeah. I, I cannot control that experience, yeah. and I cannot chase that experience. Right, right. And I, and I don't even want to. I should not. But but I I do unapologetically chase God. Like mm-hmm. I I I I want more of Him. It's mm-hmm. like it's like the first worship song I wrote. You know, some people I remember used to. I used to hear people, um, and I, and I understand. I'm not in any way. I, I know there's there's a million flaws in the lyrics of my songs, and then possibly you could question their intent in so many ways. It's fine. I, I don't even. It's I welcome it in that sense. It's not. They're not. But I remember some people saying how it. You know, isn't that isn't that kind of bad to say like, Lord, I want more of you. I need more of you. Hasn't I mean, hasn't Jesus? I mean, hasn't Jesus completed everything? And and there's so many. The funny thing is, all those. You know, whenever I would hear that, there's some truth in what they're saying. Yes, but that clearly is not the intent of my heart. What I'm communicating there is is I I have tasted of this wonderful God. I, my spirit longs to be in His presence forever. Um, here in the earth, we just get to see a little bit, taste right. a little bit, right. uh, but but and, but we have a, a new hunger, a new appetite for that, mm-hmm. and so we we bring we keep bringing that to and him. Again, I'm trying to bring the connections between where we've been right. all these years and where I'm going right now with with the world of spiritual direction. Right. So when you saying, um, Lord, I want more of you, I think of Ignatius, the spiritual exercises, week two. He says that I may know you more intimately, love you more intensely, mm-hmm. and follow you more closely. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that really is the summary mm-hmm. statement of a lot of your songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know you. Uh, um, oh, so much of your lyrics is so Ignatian. And mm-hmm. all you're talking about, the God involved in all things, that's Ignatian. Mm-hmm. There's so many resonances. Um so I'm I'm wanting to tie those dots right. back because there's some people that aren't from charismatic right. evangelical leaning right. Protestant communities, right. and they're more familiar with Ignatius. and And for me, like I was saying at dinner, it's all Jesus, mm-hmm. and it's just different ways of approaching Jesus. So, so yeah, that formation, and then going back to where we started, is that we actually believe. That God is in our midst. Mm-hmm. So, so um, where we can kind of bring some conclusion um, 
one of the questions I want to be asking in this um, interview format is what are some of the main obstacles that keep people from worshiping God? Mm-hmm. And what I hear you saying already is mm-hmm. uh, some of the obstacles is when I expect to know what God's going to do mm-hmm. that I would try to manipulate or force Mm-hmm. a worship service mm-hmm. or a song even mm-hmm. or my life mm-hmm. into a preconceived mode mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so ha- have you seen that shut down a worship service hmm. where yeah. we got to do this this is what's got to happen yeah I mean, there, there's definitely i mean there's there's no doubt there's been times when 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 you're trying to contort contrive to get back to a, a thing or to a remembered experience mm-hmm. Um, is you you then I, I just I, I realize what's happening to me is I'm no longer present. That, that's really helpful. It, it, just the idea of of being honest and present in this moment. It's 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 my it's it's my reflected affections back to God right now that are important to God that are that bring Him glory that bring Him pleasure that bring me pleasure that unify me with my purpose right now. It's honest reflect you know praise and adoration now and so releasing what that's like for everyone else, releasing what happens in the room right now, releasing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not chasing an experience. I'm becoming one with my purpose right now. And that I have to be present to do that. And I cannot be chasing an old right. experience. Right. Right. I'm not saying I won't do that again. I will do that again. Sure. I will chase the experience again because I'm human and I know I will. Uh, yeah. But, well, but that's helpful. His mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. And the hardest, harder thing underneath that, that could be just kind of cheery, like his mercies are new every morning. <laughs> um, and you like kind of wrap it up in spiritual spiritualization. But even more horrifying is that sometimes his mercy is, is silence. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things go in hard directions where prayer and worship are not full of emotional delight Mm -hmm. and there's years uh, years i've Mm -hmm. experienced it of Mm -hmm. of uh emptiness Mm -hmm. and um but yet somehow we trust through the liturgy through the work of the people we show up in obedience that Mm -hmm. he's doing things Mm -hmm. that we we don't understand Mm -hmm. and it's not our, our our posture to understand as much as it is to love him mm-hmm. and to continue mm-hmm. to, as we're saying, to show up, to open our lips mm-hmm. and then see where the spirit will take us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's really good. No, I, I definitely, I mean, that, that falls in the same area and space of just, um, faith, the, the f- faithfulness to just come to God. Mm-hmm. What this is bringing up in me now is even my recent journey where I'm at this church, mm-hmm. uh, now where I'm with some extremely gifted musicians mm-hmm. who uh, are really used to doing things like playing with click tracks mm-hmm. and uh, they're just very thoughtful arrangers mm-hmm. and normally that would scare me to death mm-hmm. uh, because of the way that that yields to this almost overly uh, contrived uh and, and and too high of an of a, of an importance placed on arrangement and kind of achieving this great thing, whereas I'm always looking for the simple mm-hmm. heart forward. Mm-hmm. Like let's make sure we are simply coming to God, mm-hmm. worshiping Him, 
um, and we don't need to. But but what I've also learned is I've been on this journey of like, wow, it's just amazing. Like it's fascinating to me, and I'm loving it more than ever. As long as I don't feel like I lose my simple mm-hmm. heart and 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 ability to uh, kind of navigate in spontaneous ways, which is still important mm-hmm. to me. But um, uh, so I, I'm thinking about right now how I used to for for many years I just. Uh, I almost gave no thought to those kinds of technical things, and that was helpful to me to just stay focused on mm-hmm. being present, being honest, being a worshiper mm-hmm. first, of someone who praises first. Um, and now as I've grown up, I'm realizing I can learn these other mm-hmm. things and, and become proficient, become better, use them well uh, mm-hmm. uh, without losing without losing the simple mm-hmm. devoted heart yeah. and, 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 and staying in the, in the truly important space of honesty. Yeah. A, I mean, that, I, I cannot say enough. Every time we talk and we start talking about art in any way, yeah. um, I always just come back to the need for me personally to be honest and authentic in what I'm doing. Okay. So if I lose that for a moment, then mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere I shouldn't be. I don't, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we don't grow and sometimes don't have a sense of maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we're being pushed out into new areas and I think it's good to, to be pushed, but it's just gotta be honest. And I think only the artist knows Mm -hmm. only the person knows when they're Mm -hmm. in the space that they should be in Mm -hmm. to, to, to tell the truth, Mm -hmm. to, to be truthful before people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So especially in sacred you know, I, I say, I don't even know if that's right to say, um, but sacred music, music, music that's intended to help people literally sing directly to God, you know, to worship and to praise him. It's this sacred space. It's this, um, to me, it's, it's extremely important, um, uh, the honesty and integrity that I'm the spirit with which I'm doing that. It's not it, when it when it pushes out into uh, performance of any kind. Mm. It's not okay. Mm. Do you have a, a sense over the last couple of years when you've been re- rehearsing with with this these musicians yeah. where you've felt no, this is turning into performance, and yeah. you've had to stop and say this and this. Let's just not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Have you had to do that? Um, I, I, no, I, I haven't had to say, um, um, like specifically because I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit hesitant to, to name a specific sound or a specific, uh, uh, kind of arrangement or thing that we're doing that is maybe that I would say we shouldn't do that yeah. because I, I just, I don't even necessarily think in those terms. Okay. I may suddenly realize, I feel like we're, I keep using this phrase uh, out in the weeds. I feel like we're not quite in the right space okay. here, you know? And, and so, and sometimes it's hard for me to name why, okay. because I'm not necessarily thinking about all the components, Sure. but I can feel that we are wrestling, either wrestling each other, not necessarily in terms of tempo or, but, but maybe just we're, we're contriving. We're, 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 um, uh, just trying too hard. And yeah. so sometimes I will notice I want us to just simplify. So okay. I think that's probably a term for me is like, so have you said that to the band? Yeah. Like, hey, I, let's simplify I have this. Like, like, yeah, we just need to, let's, you know, sometimes it's okay. Let's, let's, 
pull the click out here. It's too tempting to just try to be too tight to, you know, and so it probably is just different words, a different mind coming at the same thing you were just describing. Uh, One mind might know exactly and name a couple of things that are happening. I'm a little bit maybe less in touch with that, but I can feel that we're not where we need to be. And so one of my deals is let's just simplify this arrangement. Um, And so that does happen. Yeah. Um, And, and, and really that's something that, um, you know, I have to navigate for the team as the yeah. leader, whoever's leading the team that morning, you know, yeah. needs to navigate. But, um, what's interesting is we've been discussing the Enneagram, uh, the last couple of days and discovering and, and holding in discernment if you're a nine mm-hmm. and the nine on the Enneagram is the gut center. And so what I hear you saying is you're not necessarily naming things, but you can tell in your spirit and your gut Mm-hmm. Just something that's not right here, mm-hmm. and when you're doing music that's not charted out, and it, it's all intuition. Mm-hmm. And some people are going to come at it more cerebrally and say, "Hey, hey you know this and this and this. Don't don't do that anymore." But you you're just developing a rapport with these musicians of mm-hmm. trust. Mm-hmm. So you're saying in your gut, oh, "There's something getting complicated mm-hmm. that doesn't need to be complicated." It's so funny, even hearing you say that. I'm I'm remembering how I'm thinking often. One of the things that I do, and I have I've I've been able to start naming this in me recently uh, as I, as I'm leading. I don't I don't like to describe or have to tell them what I want them to do. Yeah, I would rather yeah. <laughs> I would rather just start frustrating them by changing it <laughs> in the moment. Yeah, and so whenever I sense that I'm with a group that maybe is wrestling for more control than I want, or we're trying to dominate this arrangement too precisely. And I feel like what we need here is to go outside the lines a little bit. We need to blur this a little bit. We need to freshen it up. Sometimes I'll just, I don't like to plan it out and tell them exactly what I'm about to do. I just repeat the thing three times when I said I wouldn't, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, and, and it, forces them and mm-hmm. I think the good thing about that is it forces people to listen mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and and that may sound egotistical or something but but that's again I recognize my role as I am yeah. like responsible to lead this band this morning mm-hmm. or this these people mm-hmm. and so that's my responsibility and so sometimes I just push push those lines and I change up what we talked about because I need us to find a different space I need us to listen better mm-hmm. and not be so you know, I, I think that the temptation is to dominate the song, to right. control it, to right. just perfect it, and, right. I, and that that's I, it's da- it's dangerous because I, I both love doing it really well. It's amazing mm-hmm. feeling when we really do something really mm-hmm. well, yeah. um, but it, it's it's also a, a very bad feeling when you feel like it's lifeless because you're just doing it well. Mm-hmm. You're not being honest, so. So anyway, I, I, it's interesting to hear you say that because I'm thinking about how I like to uh, alter our performance as a group by just moving us in a different direction, but yeah. not explaining things. Yeah, yeah. And, just kind <laughs> and, you're, of, and you're just pushing through this mm-hmm. song, this worship service, through your your internal gut. Like I'm, I'm a, you're a strong leader. You've been doing this a long time, mm-hmm. and. The band needs that strong leadership. The congregation needs that. And so we're going to go over here. And in time, you've found a band that's learned to follow you there. Yeah. In lesser or greater ways. Yeah. And um, 
So I'm thinking of the way that producers, music producers talk about how uh, producing a song, you can overproduce a song to the point, I think this has always been helpful language to me, of when the song disappears, the production Mm -hmm. becomes Mm -hmm. the serving and Mm -hmm. the song just kind of disappears. And so you're listening with your gut to to the simplicity of the worship moment, making sure that n- that the worship doesn't disappear, mm-hmm. and um, and that made me think of uh, another thing we were we lost in our conversation last night was the first time we both went into the recording studio with Charlie Hall, and I was doing that I might please you, mm-hmm. and uh, you were doing we are hungry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, that was the most bewildering thing because we were doing this very simple and pure thing at mm-hmm. church, and then suddenly we get into the studio and we're looking at all these parts under a, a microscope, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we're like, "Are we cool enough?" Like we didn't even get to play. I didn't get to play guitar <laughs> on my own song because right. I wasn't good enough. Right. I'm saying, did you get to play instruments on it? Um, I think I got to play a very simple acoustic guitar part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it was all to click tracks. It was like, yeah. And so that was a bewildering experience. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was that was the first time when, yeah, you realized to kind of, it was kind of a loss of innocence. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh man, this was so fun and just free. And, yeah. and then you, and then it just yeah. beating the songs to death mm-hmm. or, or suddenly somebody else interpreting them mm-hmm. and uh, us having not really a lot of authority or say yeah. or, uh, creative vision direction you know we were really just along for a ride yeah it was an honor to mm-hmm. be given the opportunity we weren't paying money we weren't right. there was just this we we were getting to kind of enter somebody else's world of mm-hmm. influence mm-hmm. and ability to get songs out mm-hmm. and to share it with a wider you know right. audience and so we really were glad to not have a lot of say mm-hmm. but at the same time that became frustrating because it was like oh this is starting to sound weird to me. Like this mm. doesn't sound potentially. I, I remember thinking that, and then and then I was real proud of like yeah. the song after it was done. But I remember fighting this feeling of, is this really the song? Like, yeah. is this still it? Does this feel yeah. right? You know. Well, when we did the second compilation, and I had "Beautiful Infinite God" on there, I remember driving home late probably early in the morning mm-hmm. after being in the studio, I remember pounding the roof of my car saying, what the hell has <laughs> happened to my song, God? Um, and, or with that, I might please you. This is a song that I wrote about my porn addiction. Uh-huh. Yeah. I deserve much worse than this. I've trampled underfoot your spirit and your blood. Wash my body in your word and cleanse my conscience to yeah. love your righteousness. Yeah. And then I hear go to church and this woman with these uh, little kids, she said, oh, my kids love listening. They love dancing to your song in the minivan. You know? <laughs> and I was mortified, you know, because it had this kind of like backbeat to the song. It was like, that I might please you. <laughs> And so it was horrifying. But I would say, you know, in, in fairness to Charlie and that whole thing, what he was trying to do was to interpret what God was doing through all these young worship leaders mm-hmm. and to package it for the rest of the church. And uh, he knew a lot more about that than we did. It was our first time in the studio. That was, that's really his life 
of and uh, and he's made very very bold decisions production wise yeah. uh, professionally to protect himself from that we we've looked up to him as a big brother um, but I think there's something amazing about sitting here with you in a cabin mm-hmm. and the little songs we're gonna we're working on here where we're not worried about like how many thousands of people will listen to this right. and so the the flip side of this I want want to maybe finish this section with. Um, when you talk about the genuine honesty, integrity of yourself, and so that's that comes out in how we lead publicly and how we produce or record a song. It's how you present or interpret yourself to protect the simplicity and purity devotion to Jesus. How do you know that your sense of honesty and being genuine is the right genuineness. Mm-hmm. How do you know that that's... Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's in some ways, I could hear someone listening to this thinking, mm-hmm. well, you're a sinner. <laughs> right. You're broken. Why would, why would I want your authenticity? Right. And, and so it could end up being a, a glorification of yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, let's just be... And I've, I hear a lot of college students over the years, and I think Americans, let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. How, what, what do you say to that concern? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, so just to make sure I understand, yeah. uh, w- when you said that last thing, what did, what did you mean? Like, let's just be honest, like in, in, in meaning what, like in what context, like, uh, that you've heard that being overused. Yeah. Yeah. And I could, I could hear that on one level you saying, well, this band is getting too complicated and let's right. just go back and do right. something more right, right. honest yeah. and raw. And I could hear a lot of college students say, like, let's just be raw. Yeah. And yeah. their rawness is gross. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. and misformed. Mm-hmm. So why is your honesty and integrity and that simple way you understand simplicity, why is that a better yeah. way? See, I, I, I don't even think of it like... Um, I'm not. I'm not even saying like um, it, it's. It's like it's right, mm-hmm. or uh, you should follow this, or um, uh, I'm just saying it, it's like my responsibility is to make sure um, before the Lord that that it's it's a heart of worship and a mm-hmm. heart of prayer mm-hmm. more than anything else. Right. And I'm not saying I always achieve that. Right. Uh, I'm just saying the goal is really mm-hmm. true adoration mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And it's not adoration of my electric guitar mm-hmm. or this awesome arrangement that we're making. Mm-hmm. Or And I'm not, again, the, sometimes, you know, the stage is crazy. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's very easy to be... Um, to, to by the decisions that we make in our congregations and our churches, whatever whatever kind of a, a gathering that it is, it's very easy to to um, create a situation where it's easy to worship something else. You yeah, know, it's so strange yeah. a day that we live in mm-hmm. in the things that we do. But but that's what I'm saying. Like in my heart, mm-hmm. mind, spirit, as I'm there, I am always fighting for mm-hmm. an authentic coming to God. Okay. And so that's what's important mm-hmm. to me. And that trumps everything else. And right. if I feel like we are competing with that in an unhelpful way, and that's very mm-hmm. subjective, mm-hmm. but it's my responsibility as the leader of this moment, this time, these songs, even if it's just one song, I mean, I, I take that role very seriously, mm-hmm. that primarily my role is not 
sing well, play well. It's, it's be a spiritual leader of yeah. people. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. essentially a prayer leader. Yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a spiritual guide. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a, mm-hmm. I, my responsibility is to, and again, and that's where I, my language keeps coming back to. I just, I need to fight for honesty yeah. and authenticity before God. Right. He sees me. He knows me. Mm-hmm. He knows my thoughts before I think them. Mm-hmm. He knows my true feelings, my true desires. He knows if I'm being honest with him or not. Yeah. And and again, I'm not saying I accomplish honesty yeah. every time. Yeah. I know there are times when I'm singing a song and I'm thinking about this um, sinful habit or this thought or this thing that I still need to get right with God on. Mm. Yeah. You know? And I think that's what you said there was the, your vocabulary. That's what we're working on. That's why I want to have these conversations yeah. and to put them on the internet for people to enter because we're trying to discover God and we're all going to come with our own vocabularies mm-hmm. and we're trying to uh, listen to what we mean about our posture before God. These are very um, seemingly subjective practices mm-hmm. for our heart, our soul, our minds. And so you're not saying that being authentic is about your the authenticity of your personality, but you're saying authenticity is openness to God mm-hmm. and that we're removing any obstacles at all, distractions. And if it's the band's arrangement, if it's the, the, the clutter of the sound, that that's a distraction from your ability to be open to mm-hmm. God. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah. I, th- I think I'm, I'm always, I would also throw in motive and that's a slippery, yeah. difficult thing sometimes to yeah. discern because again, I'm not I'm not saying I achieve my motive, my 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 desire to have right and mm-hmm. good motives in, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in in leading, yeah. but but it's very important, and I'm and I'm kind of listening for that. And so so one, yeah. one of the things, I mean, an example is sometimes I feel like I'll, I'll suddenly like we will have just maybe done a song. And of course, as a leader, you're always, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm probably too much trying to understand, engage, are people with me? Are they, uh, are they following us? Yeah. It, are they, is there attention? And, and I know there's only so many ways you can discern that, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I struggle to discern. I try to discern, are people looking to God? Are yeah. they coming to the well of his goodness and yeah. are they focused on him and are yeah. they praying? Are they yeah. focused on him? And as much as I can discern that. Yeah. And uh, when I feel like we're struggling to do that, when I feel like people are distracted yeah. I, so for some reason, even if I think we did a great job on this song, yeah. for some reason, everybody's kind of like puzzled or I don't know, <laughs> you know, maybe something's going on with the sound. I don't know. Well, I do feel like suddenly I go, Okay, retreat. It's almost mm. like a retreat. What do we need to do? And one of the mm. ways that I do that is I just start singing out okay. spontaneous praise. Yeah. It's like sometimes I need to still be centered yeah. in my spirit, centered in my heart, right. and I just need to start singing. Right. Father, you know, I just yeah. I'll just I don't even know, but I'll just it'll be really simple. It'll be like mm. I love you. I love being mm-hmm. yours. You know, it's, it's like breathing. It's like breathing out praise, yeah. you know. Um, it's a regrouping. When you said center, you're mm-hmm. just like recollecting. If you if you react and panic, like, wait, we're kind of out of sync, then it can derail 
but you're saying your leadership requires you to go back to what makes sense to oh there's God yeah so that you can read and and, and to me to me a helpful thing to me and it's it's almost like you know I, I'm sure that you know as I even um, learn more about some of your prayer rhythms and some of your f- friends I remember visiting a couple years ago mm-hmm. and, um, and and getting to walk through uh, some of the daily prayer rhythms that you guys were practicing at the mm-hmm. time and uh, I liken it to that mm-hmm. it within yeah. the context of a worship set of, yeah. a, of a musical of okay in with my heart mm-hmm. now look at God forget the people forget yeah. the band look at God and just start communicating to him my love my affection yeah. start receiving his love out loud yeah and I just do that and I've noticed for whatever reason I I think I've watched God help people yeah. with that yeah and so and and that can be more helpful than yeah. us all singing the song that we all know really well that's true and good and right but yeah. you know we get into ruts by yeah. just singing the same thing over and over we can just that can be both helpful and meditative or it can be unhelpful and empty. Yeah. So, and, and discerning which is oh. sometimes very difficult. Oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but, but I have found when I can, I, I retreat to that space and I, and I've watched God use that to just kind of unlock uh-huh. affection, yeah. unlock a little bit of yeah. breathing, yeah. Yeah. honest, good space before God in prayer. So so again, when you're talking about honesty and authenticity, because <laughs> you've done this for so long, mm-hmm. your sense is what you just said this, watching God, and you've also been saying throughout this last bit, you're listening. Mm-hmm. You have an active um, practice of listening. Mm-hmm. You're listening to yourself, mm-hmm. what's going on inside of you. You're listening for the Spirit. Mm-hmm. What's God doing? And you're also you're talking about listening to the mm-hmm. congregation, to the other worshipers, mm-hmm. and that's the gift. And it's so crazy that you mention the prayer rhythms, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because that's really what we would hope for any Christian to do all day long. And mm-hmm. so the liturgy, the worship service, mm-hmm. is we join in into the liturgy, into the work of the people, to also listen to ourselves, mm-hmm. to join into the community of the believers and with the leadership and to God. And so there's an active listening and we rehearse that practice so that when we're not in church, we're also listening to ourselves, listening to God, listening to the world around us. Um, and that's exactly what I do in spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes in, and I am not the guru here. Mm-hmm. I am listening to the Spirit in myself, listening to the Spirit inside of that person. And basically, I think the Christian life is like this. We're just simply saying, we're listening, we're watching. Where's God? Where's God? Where's God? Where's God? Mm-hmm. Where's God here? Where's God? <laughs> Where's, oh, he's, I, don't, I don't find him. Okay, God, is God here? <laughs> and trying it again and trying it again. So... um yeah, it's so great that you brought that remembrance because I, I was in a daily prayer um, with Joseph and a couple other guys, yeah. and you sat in on that. Yeah. And uh, so I think this is uh, some good uh, content that um, we can bring into the conversation. I think of those that are listening, whether you're from.
As I've listened back to this conversation, I love how Brad and I continue to look for similarities between worship leading and spiritual direction. Both of these disciplines are about creating a space for people to be with God. Brad and I are both attempting to facilitate the work of the Holy Spirit. We are both practicing the art of listening, listening to ourselves, to the movements of the Spirit, and also to those whom we are serving. I'm sure I'll be thinking about these similarities for many more years. Brad and I have had the gift of learning together for most of our lives how to respond in the words of Joseph Bird to the flow of God. For almost 25 years, by grace, our paths continue to cross. I hope, if anything, this conversation whets your appetite for spiritual friendship. Who are you able to open yourself to for a long, extended, sacred conversation? Do you have such a person in your life? And if you do, how can you enrich and deepen that friendship? And if you don't have spiritual friendship like this, then why? Here is the perennial question of the Invitation Podcast. Are you too busy for spiritual friendship? Have you given up on the possibility of spiritual friendship? Do you have a sense that it's too late, or that you're not interesting enough, or that God's not good enough to share this kind of gift with you? Can you ask God for help with these things? And please consider checking out Brad's music. You can find him at bradkilman.com and also theversesproject.com. That is literally the words, the versus project altogether, no spaces.com. At the Versus Project, you can even sign up on a mailing list and get notifications when new verses have been set to music. There is an awesome song based on Psalm 56 that you can find right now by our friend Joel Limpic and his friends. And for the next interview that I hope to have online sooner than later is a discussion I had with Sharon Garlow Brown, the author of The Sensible Shoes series of books that I've taken on with the women at Harderwike. Sharon and I had a rich conversation that you'll not want to miss. In January, she's leading a retreat for women. And then in February 7th and 8th, she and I will be facilitating a contemplative prayer retreat for pastors and church leaders. That's February 7th and 8th at Camp Geneva. Please let me know if you'd like some more information. We have space for 20 people, and thankfully, we're already getting some reservations. If you want to keep updated on the invitation, visit our Facebook page, and you can sign up there for our mailing list. And now, here is part of a song that Brad wrote from Psalm 103. I hope to have it fully arranged and part of our retreat soon, but it's too good not to share in its present form. I hope you receive deeply from it and hear his heart and his love for God. And as always, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It is an honor to serve you through the Invitation Podcast. 
it is a true delight. Amen. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love. Toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows, to his children so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him as a father shows compassion to his children Steadfast love For as high as the heavens are